gratitude always relates us back to God, points us back to God, because he's the originator of true gratitude. I don't believe you can have true gratitude without an acknowledgement of God. Good morning, good morning, Kingdom Corner podcast devotees and Ephesians coaching class. This is a great Matt Guybe coming to you once again uh, with an episode on culti- I'm sorry, cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude. This is part number two. Last week we were in part number one. We laid a foundation and an introduction. Uh, to what it means to have gratitude, what it means to develop gratitude. We defined all that. And today we're going to go in further. We're going to dig deeper. Gratitude, the word specifically we said last week, was not found in the King James Bible. However, as we search through the Word of God, we can find the concept is there. There are synonymous words found in scriptures to define what gratitude really means. And then there are passages that go with those scriptures. And it's not just found in one place. If we say gratitude is made up of this trait, like thankfulness, we won't just find that in one scripture. We'll find that throughout the Word of God. And that's a principle. When you study the Word of God, uh, you don't just cherry pick one scripture to prove a point. You need to see if we're talking about thankfulness or joy or praise as noteworthy traits that we want to develop, that they're throughout Scripture, that we can find find them from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. So we're using Scriptures like that to define what gratitude means. Having said that, there are translations that do use the word gratitude. We have the ESV, we have the Rotherham, and I'm also reading uh, Hebrews 12.28 from the New American Standard Bible today. And that's what we started with last week. So we're doing a, a bit of review here. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, this is Hebrews 12, 28, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Let us show gratitude since we have an unshakable kingdom. Let us show gratitude is how the NASB says it. Or ESV says, let us be grateful. The Rotherham also says, having gratitude or have gratitude because we have this unshakable kingdom that God has given us. Now, when you break that word down that the ESV, the Rotherham and NASB, New American Standard Bible, what how they translate it as gratitude, when you look at that original word in Greek, The word is charis, charis. Uh, That's what Hebrews 12.28 uses there for that word. And that means, and these are going to give you some meanings for gratitude, that means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, calm, loveliness, or grace of speech. That's what gratitude is made up of. You're, you're, You're bringing graceful speech. You're bringing loving speech. It means to have goodwill, to have loving kindness or favor. It speaks of the merciful kindness of God. That's Gratitude always relates us back to God, points us back to God, because he's the originator of true gratitude. I don't believe you can have true gratitude 
without an acknowledgement of God. Of the merciful kindness of God, which is exerted in his holy influence on the souls of men, that turns them to Christ, that strengthens them, that increases them in their Christian faith. Um, it also means knowledge, affection, uh, related to that, and it kindles a mankind to exercise Christian virtues. Now, this word cheris, which we said was translated grateful, or gr yes, or gratitude by these uh, different translations, comes from the root word in the Greek chario, chario, which is a literal, figurative, or spiritual, especially, especially points to spiritually, the divine influence again on the heart. Again, you can't have gratitude without the Creator, uh, God, being in the picture. Divine influence on the heart. It's a reflection in the life. Uh, in in life includes gratitude, acceptable benefit, favor, gift, gracious, being gracious, joyful, liberality. You know, in how you give and your heart, pleasure and thankworthy or thankfulness, right? Isn't that beautiful? That's where we started last week. So let us, let us go on and go a little further. There is a family, what I call, that I found, or tribe of gratitude within the scriptures. Again, there's not an absolute word in the King James Bible in your concordance for gratitude, but there are synonymous words. And I picked out six different words that you will always find revolving around and related to gratitude, and they define gratitude. They are synonymous words. And this is what we're going to really dig into, really start this word study or parallel passage of Scripture study of these words. Blessing, Thankfulness or thanksgiving, rejoice or rejoicing, praise, honor, and joy. Again, it's blessing, thankfulness, thanksgiving, rejoice or rejoicing, praise, honor, and joy. Those words are different facets of what gratitude mean. And I encourage you, as we study these words, uh, and as you as you heard me say that, to write those words down. Reverse the audio here and write those words down, and then you study them out in Scripture. I'm going to give you, as a man of God that studied the Word of God, been a teacher, a called teacher of the Word of God for 50 years or more, I'm going to give you a personal Bible study tip today. You don't have to have a PhD in the Scriptures. You don't have to have a PhD of divinity. You don't have to be an ordained pastor, minister, elder to study the Word of God. All of us are called to study the Word of God, and we can all do that. And I'll just give you a simple tip. Just take a simple concordance. You can use a concordance if your Bible has a good one, or you can go and get a Strong's concordance, or better yet, in the internet age, it's free. Get on the Blue Letter Bible application and it will break these words down. It will show you every place that these words Blessing, honor, joy, thankfulness, rejoice, rejoicing, praise are in Scripture. It will give you every verse where those are shown in Scripture. And you go and study them. In Acts 17, it was said of the, the saints in that Jewish synagogue, 
in Berea that they were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word of God with readiness, with an alertness of mind, with a forwardness, with a zeal, uh, not just sitting back in a pew and just assimilating what somebody told them, but going back then and really studying whether those things that Paul and the apostles were teaching them were true. That's what that means. You need to be that kind of man or woman of God. You don't have to be a giant in the faith. You can be a baby Christian if you can read, and most people can read, and you can study these scriptures for yourself. Study these words out today that I've given you. Um, They'll be in the show notes. You can study them out. You can go back and do your own exhaustive Bible study, because I'm certainly not going to have time to go into every place these scriptures are found. So that, that's my tip of the day uh, that I wanted. Uh, it was extra credit, extra, was no uh, of no extra charge, so to speak. So now the last time we were together, we, we uh, concluded with the, with the passage in Ephesians 1, 6 to 14. 1, 6 to 14. I'm not going to read that again. You can read that. But we highlighted this, pra- this phrase kept coming out to me to the praise of his glory. And that's what cultivating an attitude of gratitude is all about. We are being developed by God and being exercised by God and actually being cultivated by his spirit. You know, we talked about cultivation a lot, cultivating the ground of our hearts is what we could call it. Uh, in that, In that, we're being cultivated so our lives will, re- will reflect him and will be to the praise of his glory. Isn't that beautiful? That's where we ended up at. So now let's, let's get into the meat of this lesson today. I believe we'll have a, maybe one more lesson on cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Uh, may, may even be another lesson because I have a lot of things I want to share with you. I want, like I said, I want this study uh, to you to be so full of this study that it consumes your heart and mind. Just like on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day, you have a nice dinner that you're so full of that, that food that it, that it nourishes you, pleases you. Well, I want you to be so full of the Word of God. Uh, that's all you, in this holiday season, in the season of Advent, that your mind and heart are on the presence of Jesus not the presents that you receive under the tree, those, those, though those are nice, but the presence of Jesus. I want you to be so full of gratitude that that is all that consumes your heart and mind, and therefore you walk that out. You, you can't, if it's inside of you, you, you begin to express it. You can't help but express it to others. We talked about the devil's language, heavenly language last week. You know, we'll hit that again. Where what is your mouth spewing out? What the, the out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. That's why we have to put good things into your heart and mind today, because we want you to speak out good things. The devil's language, we t- we said, was made up of grumbling, complaining, finding fault, negativity. But the heavenly language we will find is again made up of these words, made up of these. Meanings and facets of gratitude, made up of blessing, made up of honoring others, made up of thanksgiving and being thankful, made up of joy. You can't help but be joyful, made up of rejoice and rejoicing, and made up of praise. And we're going to go now, and we're going to look 
at each of these six words. We're going to start to break them down and, and give you more detail on each one of these. All right? I want you to really get this in your heart. The first word I want to emphasize today is blessing. Blessing. The word blessing, if you look it up in a concordance, I counted them up. Uh, I read a lot of them. But again, we don't have time to study every one of them. Are, are basically found 120 times in the Bible, In the if you open up your concordance, in the King James Bible, probably other translations, 120 times in Scripture. 59 times it, it regard, is in regard to God blessing us. 35 times is us blessing Him, we bless God. And 26 times is one man or woman blessing another man or woman. Isn't that a principle of Scripture? If we're blessed, if we get blessed, if God is blessing us, if we're blessing Him, there's an overflow, and we bless our brethren, we bless the neighbor, we bless, uh, you know, we bless the, the the man down at the grocery store that's giving us, selling us our groceries. One of my favorite scriptures, and I believe this is, we may get into this in another lesson. The Thanksgiving Psalm. The Thanksgiving Psalm is Psalm 103. A lot of scholars have said that. But let me read it to you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, let's that's verse 1 and 2. Let's jump down to 20 and 22. Bless the Lord, all you angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord for all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Yes, go back, mark that up in your Bible if it's not already marked. Make it a point today, write that down to go and read Psalm 103, the Thanksgiving Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Amen? Amen. Let's look at another scripture in the New Testament. Revelation 5.13, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits on the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And this word in Greek is, is the word eulogia, eulogia. I think we get our word eulogy from that. It means laudation, praise, adoration. And this, this passage in Revelation and the next one in Revelation uh, has to do with the end of the age, the, the completion of God uh, bringing a new heaven and new earth uh, and and get, getting rid of this old earth and the end of all, when everybody that loves him is with him for all eternity and everything in heaven is blessing and honoring him. Revelation 7, 11 and 12. Revelation 7, 11 and 12. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory, eulogia, 
laudation, praise, adoration, uh, glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. And within this very passage, we find uh, the words we're talking about that give the facet of gratitude. We find not only the word blessing, but we're going to go into these later. We find the word thanksgiving and honor as well. Uh, of the six words I I uh, noted at the beginning of the study. Now, we've talked about blessing. We've shown you the Thanksgiving Psalm, Psalm 103. We've shown you at the end of the age, it's all we're all going to be blessing God around his throne forever and ever and doing other things too. We're not just, I don't think we'll just be sitting there uh totally forever, but that's that's my view of it. You know, God will have other things for us to do that will bring bring more blessing, more honor to his name, I believe. So let's go to another word, and this is so beautiful. Let's go to another word, and that's thankful or thanksgiving or thankfulness. Thankful. Thankfulness, thanksgiving. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is toda, and it's found 27 times, that word toda, all right, in the Old Testament. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, that is with confession or praise. See, toda has to do with confessing. We're confessing, yes, Lord, you are worthy to be thanked. You are worthy to be praised. I am thankful to you. That's what we're doing. We're confessing that kind of praise unto him. Enter his courts with thanksgiving and into his, uh, enter his gates, I'm sorry, with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. There's another word we're going to cover, praise. Be thankful to him, and here's the other word we just covered, and bless his name. We just started out with bless or blessing. Be thankful and bless his name. That is, again, Torah. Give a confession of thanks. Give a confession of thanksgiving to him. Let's look at the New Testament scripture, Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. And this word in Greek means be grateful. Again, gratitude. Mindful of his favors to you. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. See, when you're doing that, uh, then to which you're called in one body, be thankful. When you're in, you have the peace of God upon you, it's easy to be thankful and mindful of what he's done for you. Colossians 3.15. Back to Psalm 95.2. Psalm 95.2. Let us come before his presence. You know this. It's a song. With thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him. Hallelujah, with the clapping, with the instruments, with the shouting, right? Uh, God is a God of, of, of demonstrative joy, of, of, you know, using our senses to bless and honor him. Is he not? Thanksgiving, make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. And then Psalm 4, 6, Psalm 4, 6, or I'm sorry, not Psalm 4, 6. We're in the New Testament again, Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, don't be worried about everything. Uh, and by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, mm, let your requests be made known unto God. Thanksgiving or giving of thanks. Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Because you know he's going to 
take care of you and help you in those kind of situations, in those kind of areas. Is he not? All right, let's go to another word. So we've looked at bless, blessing. We've looked at thanks or thanksgiving. Let's go to rejoice. Oh, I love this word, or rejoicing. Rejoice or rejoicing. Rejoice is found 192 times in in scriptures. Wait, well, I, I'm sorry. Let's say this again. Rejoice is in 183 scriptures. 100, uh, 192 times. It's in 183 scriptures. 192 times in your Bible. If you were to take out a concordance, you can go. You can go see if if you're like the Thessalonians uh, or the the Bereans or. And be more noble and see if I'm right in that. But that's really close. 192 times in a hundred or 183 times in 192 scriptures, I think is the way to say that. Or 192 times in 183 scriptures, passages. They're found 55 times to rejoice or rejoicing in the Psalms alone. Psalm 97 12. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and, and remembering his holiness. Psalm 105.3. Glory ye in his name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Let's talk about that word rejoice here. The Hebrew word used predominantly in the Old Testament is samach or samach or samach. Samach or samach. Samach or samach. From the root meaning, it's it has a root word that means to make oneself glad. You know, if you're his child today, that you have a right to make yourself glad. Uh, even our brother David said, "Why art thou cast down, O my soul?" You know, he was probably depressed about the many things that were on his heart and mind as a king, or some things that he was going through, because he was always seemed to be going through things. But he told his soul. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? My help is in God. And we need to gladden our hearts. We need to rejoice in the Lord, right? We need to do that, to make oneself glad, gladden the heart, brighten up. In other words, inform your face, smile, right? Be glad, be joyful or cheerful. Get up and dance. Hallelujah. When you find the word rejoicing, and we're going to find that out here, there's actually a word rejoice that means to leap for joy. Hallelujah. I believe I'm right about that. Um, finally, my brothers, Philippians 3.1 tells us, finally, my brothers, the end of the matter is rejoice in the Lord. That's the end of it all. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Rejoice in the Lord. Finally, if nothing else, rejoice in the Lord, whatever you're facing. Rejoice. We talked about last week the difference between rejoicing for something and in something. You can rejoice no matter what life brings your way. It's not always easy. I don't know if he wants you to specifically rejoice if your house burns down, that it burned down. But God will help you rejoice in that situation. Look at the Bible. Look at the story or the account of Job. <laughs> you know, he went through, he lost his whole family. His wife wanted him to curse God, but he still rejoiced in God. Did he not? In the situation. And God, God restored everything to him in the end. 
Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Can you do that today? Let's practice that. 1 Peter 4, 13, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. If you're being persecuted for your faith, uh, like some are in distant lands, like may come here to our country in the United States, rejoice for your sufferings, mm, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. There's some, there's a, there is a study in Scripture. There is a theme in Scripture about rejoicing in sufferings, that, that there's something powerful about being able to do that, to hold up under trials and tribulations. The Greek word used predominantly in the New Testament, again, we're going back to a word we already mentioned for grace in the beginning in Hebrews 12.28 is chario. That's the predominant word for rejoice. Isn't that interesting? We talked about, they translated um, the NASB, Rotherham, and ESV in Hebrews 12.28 translated the word chario or charis. I mean, charis was the part of that word. They they translated it gratitude, and here they're actually talking about rejoice, and the word that they translated into from chario is rejoice. To be glad, to be well, to thrive, to give a joyful and encouraging greeting to another. It can either be a calm greeting, a well disposition, you know, you're kind of at peace, you know, or or exceeding display of joy. Like I said, jump up and down, rejoice, like, like our brother David did when the ark, which represented the presence of God, was brought back. He got up and danced for joy. He rejoiced. So those are some of the words. Those are some of the words. Like I said, I believe you'll find in the Old Testament a word, if you did the word studies in Hebrew, that's, that, that it says leap. But when you, when you, or it says rejoice, but when you look at the Hebrew word, the literal meaning, when you translate that out is to leap. <laughs> I think I'm right about that. So let's look at one, another word. And this is a beautiful word. And many um, pastors, Bible teachers have done a study on this word. And it's worth doing a study on. And I've kind of started to go into that a bit because I'm a teacher. I love biblical words. I love the original Hebrew and Greek. Now, I know sometimes we can go too far with that to maybe try to prove a certain point or certain doctrine, but they, by knowing those, by going into the Blue Letter Bible, I told you about that earlier, you will find a great resource word that breaks these words down in the scriptures. And that's what you find if we talk about the next word is praise or praising, praise or praising. And this word is used in reference to God 257 times in the Bible in 216 verses. Yeah, go into your concordance and look all these words up. Uh, sit down sometime and just study this word praise or praising. God will bless you. Now, this is what's so beautiful that I said so many have done studies on. Men of God, pastors, teachers. We want to dig deeper. There are seven main Hebrew words that show different facets of what praise means. So we're talking about praise or praising and as a meaning for gratitude. And now 
we've got like six main words that I told you of in the family or tree of gratitude. Now, when we break the word praise or praising down, we find seven Old Testament Hebrew words that can give us even more uh, facets or connotations of what it means to have gratitude. These are seven main Hebrew words that show different facets of what praise or gratitude mean. They're mainly in the Psalms, okay? 185 times in 299 verses. 185 times in 209 verses. Let's look at the first one. I think it's the most predominant one. Yada, yada. It's used 48 times in, in the Old Testament. Means to extend the hand, to throw out the hand, and it's referencing worship. Do you know that it's okay to raise your hands and worship? That that that's in the Old Testament. That's in the Bible. We need to do that when we worship God. Of course, we do it with our heart. Our heart needs to be behind that. Extend the hand to lift hands. Strong's H3034. Strong's H3034. You can look that up in the Strong's Concordance. Psalm 107.15. Oh, that men would yada, would yada me. You yada the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, that men would, yeah, would, would raise hands and worship to me. Psalm 107, 15. Let's look at the next Hebrew word. This one's only used about five or six times. Um, this one also means an extension of the hand in adoration. Uh, it's kind of like you're doing something a little more. You're affirming your praise even more. It's a specific acknowledgement or admission of something. Maybe God's done for you. Maybe somebody brought a bag of groceries to your door. You didn't have any, you know, and you raise your hand and you worship God for just that specific blessing. Strong's H8426. Strong's H8426. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, with toda, and into his courts with praise, with toda. Be thankful to him and praise his name. Toda, uh, and that was Psalm 100, verse 4 that I just read. Uh, Toda is a praise-filled confession that God's word is infallible and he's working in your circumstances. That's what one man of God said. Toda is a praise-filled confession that God's word is infallible, you know. What he promises will come true and working in your circumstances. Let's look at the next Hebrew word, Shabbat. Shabbat. Ten times it's used in, in Scripture, in the Old Testament. This is a primitive root, and it means properly to address in a loud tone. Do you believe God just wants you to sit in church with your mouth shut? A lot of churches do that. There's times to meditate on God like that, but he also wants you to shout with your mouth to him to shout or address in a loud tone, specifically loud um, by words, commend, glory, keep in that way of worship, praise, um, to, to shout in triumph or shout in praise. Psalm 145.4, Psalm 145.4, one generation shall shabak or praise me with a loud voice, one generation shall shabak thy works to declare. Uh, I'm going to read it again. 
Psalm 145.4, I get excited here. One generation shall Shabbat, praise loudly, hit thy works to another and declare thy mighty acts. I'm an older generation. I'm going to declare it to the younger people. And there's even scriptures in Psalm that says, I, I, as an older gentleman, as an older person, I should be, you know, giving to the younger generation as long as I have breath. And that's one way I can do it, by praising God, by um, telling of my testimonies that he's done for me, multiple testimonies, right? So that's Shabbat. Yada, Toda, Shabbat. Now let's look at another word, Barak. This is used like two or three times, not as much. It's a primitive root, and it means to kneel. When you worship, do you kneel? To, to uh, A primitive word, a primitive root, to kneel by implication, that is for blessing God as an act of adoration. Um, that's what that means. And sometimes men would bow down to other men. You know, that was the honor of the custom, bow down before the king, right? Psalm 34, 1, I will rock, I will kneel down before the Lord at all times. Amen. That that puts you in a place of humility, is it not? The lower you, giving honor to the greater God, right? Um, I will bless the Lord. I will rock the Lord. I will kneel before the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. H1288. H1288. Okay, Yada, Toda, Shabak, Barak, Zamar. Zamar, 27 times, a primitive root, uh, and it has the idea of striking with the fingers, making noise with the fingers, which really probably refers to playing a violin, a harp, a musical instrument, your guitar, um, the, the keyboard, right? Um, music, making music with an instrument, I believe, is what that refers to. Psalm 21, 13, be exalted, O Lord, in thy own strength. So we will sing, we will zamar uh, praises to you, to thy power. And of course, we knew, we know that the Psalms, most of them were put to words and music. Uh, you'll find Psalms of actual worship leaders in there, trying to remember some of their names now. There's different, like two or three main worship leaders that David had, and they even a few of them have even written psalms, and you'll find them. I don't remember their names now. Maybe next week I can look that up. Uh, they just it just doesn't come to my name, uh, my mind right now. But there were two, maybe two of them that actually wrote, actually wrote some of the psalms, like a few of them, not a lot. So that's Zamar. They were worship leaders. That's what they spent their whole time. That was their occupation, as it were, in the temple, worshiping God and receiving worship music and writing it so the people could come in and sing it, right? The next word, Tehila or Tehila, Tehila. Uh, I think that's the way you say it, Tehila. And again, laudation, specifically like a hymn of praise. Like they've come in now, they've zamarred the word, these worship leaders, and they've actually made a song. They've made a, a, a song of praise. They've made like a hymn, like we have hymns. They made hymns too. H1984, H1984 laudation, specifically, concretely, a hymn, a hymn of praise, right? H. You could also look up H8416, H8416. 
uh, Isaiah 61.3, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, giving them beauty for ashes, right? The oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of Tehillah, or, or a psalm of praise, instead of spirit of fainting. So they shall be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. See, they're writing a, a hymn of praise, a Tehillah, right? That shows forth praises to God. The last word, I think this is the last one now, in the in the Hebrew uh, for praise or praising is halal, halal. And this one is the one that's used the most. It's used 102 times. It is a primitive root, root to be clear. Ooh, it's clear, like right, right? To you know, and, and it's so beautiful. The Hebrew words um, are words of feeling, words of the emotion. They often, often the sound of them actually remind you of an emotion or feeling. Halal, halal. Uh, to be clear, it's a sound, and it reminds people also of colors. Uh, to shine. I'm thinking of the colors of gold and silver. To show. To boast. Uh, to even be foolish, like we talked about David dancing before the Lord, to rave, to celebrate, to boast, to celebrate, to commend, to act foolishly, even, you know. Paul said he'd be a fool for Christ, right? To glorify, to give, to shine forth light, you know, to, to act like you're mad, mm, to sing, to rage. Psalm 113, one. To three, Psalm 113, 1 to 3. Halal ye the Lord. Halal, O ye servants of the Lord. Halal, the name of the Lord. Strong's H, 1984. Strong's H, 1984. All right? Halal. Um, let's go over those words again. Yada, Toda, Yoda, to throw up the hands in praise. Toda, to lift up the hands in adoration for something spe more specific. Shabbat, to, to speak loudly before the Lord. Okay, you're it's okay to do that. <laughs> Shabbat, you know, is, is the loud word. Barak, to kneel in, in worship. Zamar, use an, a musical instrument, use if you can, if you know how. Tehillah is actually a writing of a hymn. You can write songs to God. Amen? And halal, which is um, the one that's used the most. And it's actually made up of all those other Hebrew words, all those other facets and concepts, I believe. And I like the part about acting undignified, right? Acting undignified. Halal, to be clear. I'm going over my notes again. To be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate, to boast, to commend, to glorify, to give light, you know, put light on something, um, to even act mad, right? Let's look at some of the New Testament words for praise or praising. We spent a lot of time on that Hebrew word, okay? We spent a lot of time on that. All right, so let's look at the New Testament, what it has, has to say about praise or praising. Some beautiful, beautiful concepts here. Le Luke, Luke, 1843. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, that is, he followed Jesus, glorifying God and all the people. There was a group of people gathered there when Jesus prayed for this man. He was blind. 
He had called out to Jesus. If you read that passage, like from 35 to 43, he was calling out. And Jesus said, what, what is it that you want? I'm paraphrasing. I want my eyesight, he said. And, and of course, Jesus healed him. And immediately he recovered his sight. And the people followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God, like I said, which is anos. Anos is the way you say it. Praise, adoration, and catch this. Just underline this part uh, in your notes. It's praise and adoration, but it also relates to a story that's narrated. And do you know these people, they went and they shared this to the village, I'm sure, and that was a story which, that, that was like a testimony, a story, a testimony of praise that they gave. And let's look at this one, Hebrews 13, 15. Same word is used, or actually, it's a form of anos, and it's inesis, inesis. And they're both they're both rooted in each other, these, these Greek words. Hebrews 13, 15, you've heard this one. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of inesis, or praise. And what is that sacrifice? to speak praise, to shout praise always and loudly in reference to God, to recommend, okay, to vow. And it's from the word anus, to recommend, uh, to tell a story. That Part of the meaning of these words is, is to narrate. What are you narrating a story about? About the good things God has done for you. By him, let us offer a sacrifice of praise Shout praise always in reference to God is what I said, but let me read the scripture better. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, I want to give you just a beautiful, beautiful, a beautiful tidbit here, a beautiful little revelation that I got. When you're coming before God in praise, Hebrews 13, 15, always continually offering up a sacrifice of praise. When you're worshiping him, you should be bringing up before him all the wonderful things he's done for you when you're worshiping him. It'll give you more reason to be thankful, to have gratitude. That's what we're talking about today. I think about years ago how I was filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of 16 on Mother's Day. I think about when I was a junior in high school. I was 17 stung by a hive of hornets, and I was laying on a table without a heartbeat for two minutes. And the people prayed for me, and God brought me back. I think of those testimonies. It's a story narrating. And I can. how do I continually give praise? I give it to him, but I also give him praise by going to the marketplace and sharing the good things of God, what he's been doing for me, you know, years ago. But even now, I should have, we should all have fresh testimonies that we can testify to others about. Is that not true? Mm. So that's a that's a, a beautiful little revelation there for you. Luke 18:43, Hebrews 13:15. John 12:23, we'll go into this scripture. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. 1 Peter 4:11, speak as the oracles of God that he might be glorified and praised. We're talking about the Greek word doxa. I think we get the word doxology from there. You know, it's an opinion, an estimate, whether good or bad. See, they love the praise 
the, 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 the hopefully good opinions of men. And one day man will have a good opinion about you, the next day he won't. That's the way men are. You can see that what's going on in our world now. One day they love a politician, the next day they don't. You know, one day they praise him, the next day they curse him. They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Isn't that a sad thing? And here he's talking about in Peter, speak as oracles. You know, those that are enlightened by God, like the prophets, bring forth a word of God, bring forth a rhema word of God, that he might be doxed, that he might be praised, right? That he, that others might have a good opinion or estimate of him, we could say, because that's what the word means. In the New Testament, this is always a good opinion concerning one, resulting in praise, honor, and glory. Amen. It should always, when we honor somebody, when we dox somebody, it should reflect God and praise him. Like that Ephesian scripture says, to the praise of his glory, right? Splendor, brightness. Again, there's that word brightness. Like of the stars and the moon, magnificence, excellence, dignity, grace, majesty, an exalted state, commanding respect. That is a thing belonging to God. Ooh, ah, doxa, praise. That only belongs to God. I, I, you know, that's what true praise is. Well, let's go on. There's another word, Ephesians 1.12. Ephesians 1.12, that we should be to the praise, or yes, to the praise of his glory. That we should be to the praise of his glory. You can also see Ephesians 1.6 and Ephesians 1.14. This is Ephesians 1.12. That we should be to the epinos, epinos, epinos is the Greek word of his glory. Abba wants to point to you in pride and say, look, look at my son, look at my daughter, to the praise of his glory, a commendation. He wants to commend you. Epinos, epinos, I think is the way you say it. Epinos, epinos, epinos. Romans 2.29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the praise, is not in the praise of men, but of God. Epinos, a form of epinos. epinos. 1 Corinthians 14.15, at the judgment all men shall have epinos of God, epinos of God, shall have commendation of God you know, for what they've done. He's not just referring to all good things, but when you commend somebody, it usually means a positive things, but sometimes you're also looking at things, other things, commending. Hopefully he's looking to every man, especially a woman that knows him, then commending things. That's what he'll be doing. Philippians 1.11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise of God but being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise, epinos, epinos of God. Hmm. Let's see. Wow, we, we've looked up, we've had these words, blessing today, thankfulness or thanksgiving, rejoice and rejoicing, and praise. And we looked at that word praise actually had more words because we looked at seven Hebrew words, did we not? 
That's what we did. So that is the start of the study of the family or tribe. I'm going to um, stop for today talking about the family or tribe of blessing, mm. of, of not blessing, of gratitude, which includes blessing, thankfulness, rejoice or rejoicing, and praise. And next week, next lesson, and I've got some more wonderful things to bring. We're going to look at the last two words, which are honor and joy. So today he wants to fill you full of blessing, thankfulness, thanksgiving, rejoice and rejoicing, and praise. And go get a concordance and look those words up, and you study them. Don't just go by what I say. You look into to see if, if Matt is telling you what's true in Scripture. Be noble. You know, be like those uh, Bereans who were more noble than the Thessalonians. So next week, we'll finish up our study of the family or tribe of gratitude by looking at honor and joy. And then I, I'm going to have some more wonderful things for you. I wanted to bring that today. But I think this is enough for today. This is enough for right now uh, to, to have studied these things. And I just want to remind you that in the new year, we're going to be creating a class, um, the Heavenly Mandate of Ephesians, which is a teaching and coaching class, not just teaching. I have over 40 lessons throughout the six chapters of Ephesians to share and to teach from, but bringing practical coaching involving those, those, those principles that will be life-changing and transforming. We're going to teach on them. We want to coach on them. We want to have the third thing, which is discussion among those who join, that we can bounce ideas and concepts off of each other. That's going to be in the new year. And next week, come back for the third session, cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Be blessed, my friends. Have a great week, a great day. I'll see you all again next time.